Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The wise choice for disaster cleanup that's in the people-building business. Service Master by Cornerstone, 901-RESPOND. Ryan Baldinger here, and folks, we are just a few days away from the big game. A special run by Kansas City has them playing in the last game of the season for a second straight year. In their way stands arguably the best team all season, as San Francisco will be looking to avenge its loss from just a few years ago. The Kansas City quarterback has shown big game moxie for his entire career, while the San Francisco quarterback is looking to make a statement of his life with a victory. This update is brought to you by the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, equipped for adventure. Meet Cheryl. Hey. She's on vacation and lost in the moment. Unfortunately, so is her Chase debit card. It's got to be somewhere. Maybe she lost it at Salsa Night. These skirts should have pockets. Or maybe she lost it at Pilates. Three and two and... But she's not worried. With the Chase mobile app, she can lock her card till it turns up. Tools to help protect. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 120,000 miles of night drives, daily commutes, and who knows how many. Are we there yet? Through countless fixes, elbow grease, and a new radiator, you kept your ride alive. With eBay Motors, you have over 122 million parts to keep it running. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, they'll be the perfect fit every time. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. And for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. 
Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Kershaw Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Got ourselves a nice little sports day here, Jeffrey. Got NBA trade deadline day. I know it's not, you know, we haven't seen any real big names go, but still a lot of, you know, especially because it's a midday thing, during the day thing. It's, you know. No, the- midday sports are fun, but we can acknowledge today felt like everyone just clearing out their fridge. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of condiments went out, you know, yeah. went out the, Who went out the door. Yeah. No, there wasn't any, there yeah. wasn't any steak or any, yeah. you know, not no, even any, no, bur- no. not even ground beef. No, there wasn't even like the freezer burn. Like who yeah. needs a, who needs a lightly used steak? No, no. This was like, you know, mm. who wants, I got some Worcestershire here, mm. half empty, half, half open Listen, Worcestershire sauce. I got, I got some Chinese food from last Friday, but I got to tell you on Friday <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah. I got the, you know the, you know how there's chocolate sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got caramel sauce. Correct. Yeah. Every got, once in a while, it tastes good. Correct. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, ooh, look at this. Is this Dijonese? <laughs> it's mustard and mayonnaise. This is this is yeah. my this is my Roddy Dijon yeah. mustard. Yeah. Uh, right here. That's not Dijon. That, that's like more like yellow mustard. Well, yeah, it is. But okay. I got some <laughs> I got some Chick Fil A condiments that I've saved. <laughs> Who needs Polynesian sauce? Oh, the Grizzlies? Oh, Utah, come on back. <laughs> uh, so you got trade deadline day. Then we've got, well, now every Memphis basketball game is a big game because they can't, they can't really lose anymore, it feels like. They play Temple tonight. Tonight is the early de- start, 6 o'clock tip. Tonight uh, is the definition of must not lose. I mean, Lenardi spelled it out on his latest bracketology of basically they're off the bubble if they lose tonight. Yeah, I think so because that would be their on paper their third bad loss. Yeah, and you know Temple is ultimately as bad as Rice. You do get them on the it's on the road, so it's a little. I guess like there is like theoretically in like that way. okay, well if they won out after that, but it's like if they lose to Temple and Rice in a three game stretch, yeah, the odds of you going yeah like tonight's yeah. must not lose. We got that, and then you know we're inching closer and closer. It's, it's Super Bowl week, Jeffrey. So. You feel it? Are you feeling it now? I know yesterday you were complaining about the buzz. Are you feeling the buzz? I'm not. And it doesn't mean that I don't think it's going to be a good game and, like, I'm not watching it, whatnot. I was thinking about this. Is it possible that Vegas as an entity is bigger than the Super Bowl? Like, it almost feels like the big character right now is not the Super Bowl game. It's Vegas. It's everything in Vegas. It's all the Vegas stories. Like, players can't go into sports books and, like, how the NFL is trying to do this tightrope of wanting to take the sweet gambling cash but still kind of, like, thumb its nose. I, I don't know. Like, I, And also, like, maybe because we don't have, like, a true heel versus face, like, doesn't this kind of feel like heel versus heel? Like, are th- it's really tough for me to talk myself into the Niners being – the underdog when a their favorite favored and we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers like they're not an underdog organization well we can get into it I, I'm, I'm starting I'm as I told you I'm excited about this matchup so uh, we'll talk Super Bowl we'll talk we'll start with the deadline because it just passed two o'clock central time the NBA trade deadline has passed so we'll dive into that first Eric Hasseltine 
uh, the play-by-play voice of the Memphis Grizzlies right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. He'll join us at 2.40 like he normally does on Thursdays, get his thoughts on the moves the Grizzlies have made here over the last week or so uh, in terms of the deadline. Uh, 3 o'clock, we will get into the list. We will get you ready for that Memphis Temple game there. Also dive into the aforementioned Super Bowl, the latest from Vegas. Uh, And then uh, 3.30, Jason Smith will join us. We'll get his thoughts on Memphis Temple as well as what the Grizzlies uh, did here at the trade deadline. But let's let's start with that trade deadline, Jeffrey. So since we were last on air, so now we have three moves by the Grizzlies. Because I I count the Steven Adams deal, even though it was last week, that's part of the deadline, right? Yeah, yes, I would agree. Group that as part of the deadline. As of right now, and there could be some more trade. We've seen in the past, usually there's like a... There could be a trickle, a couple trades that trickle in after the deadline. They were, you know, they were reported right at one fifty nine, and they don't become public till two fifteen, two thirty. So we'll see. Maybe there's one more move left, but I, you know, as of right now, it appears the Grizzlies have traded Stephen Adams for Victor Oladipo and three second round picks. That was last week. Then yesterday, as we mentioned on the show, they traded Xavier Tillman to the Boston Celtics for two second round picks and um, Lamar Stevens. And then today, we got wind that they have traded David Roddy as part of a three-team deal to involving Phoenix and Brooklyn. Phoenix will get David Roddy. The Grizzlies will take back old friend Yuta Watanabe, mm-hmm. as well as get a pick swap of some kind. I'm assuming with Brooklyn, right? That would make the most sense. I think, I, I like think that, the details the aren't swaps, out there yeah, yet. Yeah. The, the exact details haven't been reported on the pick swap yet. Uh, but nonetheless, y- y- David Roddy is now out as well. And Yuta Watanabe, who has an expiring contract but has a $2.6, I believe, million-dollar player option for next season. So he could technically opt into that. Um, so, And then I guess there were reports. Remember, we heard earlier in the week reports of the Grizzlies in discussions with Detroit about trading Zaire Williams for Killian Hayes. Um, but it appears that deal fell through because Killian Hayes just got straight released by Detroit um, it early, also t- earlier today. It also tells me that report might have come from the Detroit things. Hey, <laughs> yeah. you, you know who's on the market. Yeah. I tell you, we got a Killian Hayes. Um, that, that's a half hit. That's a, that was some store brand ketchup there. Yeah, well. Um, that ketchup bottle's not half empty, Mark. It's yeah. half full. And we can get to the other deals that were made by other teams because, you know, again, not any major deals made, really just a lot of exchanging of role players at best. I will say this, this though. Um, I'd mentioned this to you yesterday. I appreciate how the Atlanta Hawks have a brand. I feel like we do this every single year at the deadline that, quote, unquote, somebody's on the market that's a big player, and then they just do nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, yet again, oh, DeJounte Murray might be out there. Might be out there. And the Hawks are going to – the report comes out at, like, 150. Oh, they're keeping him. It's like, oh, this is John Collins all over again. Yeah, yeah, probably. They're holding out for something better. The Lakers, you know, and as of right now, it appears Lakers stood pat and Warriors stood pat. Um, Sixers made, you know, sort of a minor move. The Bucks seem to be, you know, reshuffling the deck the deck chairs beneath uh, – Giannis. It looked like to me that... Uh, and Damian Lillard. Well, it also looked like Doc came in and started cleaning up. Well, I think there's also the aspect... The question is, 
how serious is Chris Middleton's ankle injury that he suffered the other night? Like, is he going to be out a while? Then uh, the, the, it, it seems the like the moves seem to suggest that might be the case. It seems like the theme of all of the Bucks moves today was we got to get better on defense. Yes. Um, so. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder went and got Gordon Hayward. I don't know if Gordon God, that Hayward. feels like two days ago. Uh, that was this morning. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Robin. Yeah, the Bucks traded Robin Lopez. Um, and the Kings. I think are just going to cut him. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I think that was just a straight salary move. Spurs traded Doug McDermott to the Pacers. Pacers traded Buddy Heald to the Sixers. Um, Sixers traded Patrick Beverly to the Bucks. You mentioned uh, yeah. they're looking for some defense that that makes some well, sense. He, you know, he it's actually for, probably a pretty he played for Doc. Yeah, it's probably Clippers. a pretty good I think move Doc by them. Got, well, no, he wasn't drafted because he was Monte Morris went to. Um, Wait, didn't both Morrises got moved today? Well, Monte is not the brother. Oh, Marcus and Markeith. Markeith. Yeah. Monte Morris is the. But is we had the two Morrises. But he went to he went to Minnesota to be the backup for Mike Conley. Uh, the the Hornets traded PJ Washington to Dallas for Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a first round pick. So that's a Wait, Seth Curry got moved today. Seth oh. Seth Curry. It's like when you that's sort of a notable. I got a Stanford. Really, you got a Stanford. <laughs> um, Thad Young was part of a deal. The Raptors traded Dennis Schroeder to the Brooklyn Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie, and Thad Young was thrown in there. So Thad Young now a Brooklyn Net. Um, let's see here. I don't think that. I think that's about it. Um, in terms of notable moves, oh, wait, I was trying to count. Oh, oh, the Knicks made kind of a big. I don't know if splash is the right word. They kind of they they jumped into the pool. Um, Boy Boyan Bogdanovich, the older looking one, the one the the receding hairline Bogdanovich, and Alec don't Burks. They both have bad hairlines. No, 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 no. The other one has like more of like your just your standard like a like a. Ivan Drago haircut. Okay. Um, sort of. Um, but uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks are now New York Knicks. Um, Detroit traded them in exchange for Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier, Ryan Archidiacono, and two second round picks. Uh, Archie is... Daniel Gafford also traded to Dallas. And then I thought this was actually an interesting development. Miles Bridges, I, I didn't know someone like him could veto trades. But he apparently told Charlotte he didn't want to be traded. Do you have a no trade clause? I, I can't imagine he did, given everything he'd just gone through, and like he's lucky to even be in the league. Archie Diacono, there's some way. Well, it's just sad because they him. No, no, they well, had Diacono, well, Josh a, Hart, no, and Brunson yeah, on the Knicks. There was a nice uh, Villanova, no. but Arch Archie Diacono. So when Derek, you know, when Derek Rose got married and Joachim Noah mm-hmm. did the ceremony, mm-hmm. I think. I think Archidiacono was the matchmaker of, oh, like, like you, you should have him do this. Interesting. And then, oh, another interesting development at the deadline. Toronto picked up Kelly Olenek from Utah, which now they've picked up R.J. Barrett and Olenek. And I was just thinking, I was like, it would make sense to me. If I'm the Raptors. They're going all Canadian. Yeah, get get no, as many Canadians as you can. Like, Andrew Wiggins is available. Go get him. No, if we're going to suck, we got to sell tickets. Yeah. Like, get some Canadians in there. Um, so... Again, that's all just to sum up. It was a relatively uneventful trading de- trade deadline in the NBA. How would you? Let's say they're done. Like we haven't heard anything else. So this I is. Say, it. I assume at this point they are. They, this is it. So basically, they've gotten rid of Adams' contract. They've gotten rid and they've gotten rid of Tillman and they've gotten rid of Roddy in exchange for essentially a collection of second round picks 
and a couple expiring contracts. What do you make of this trade deadline for the Memphis Grizzlies? So my kind of like my my big picture view, mm-hmm. the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies were trying to cut the roster down. Mm-hmm. And I think like if you look at I think all these moves kind of make sense because I think I think they obviously would have liked to have also moved Laravia, Zaire, perhaps Conchar. Mm-hmm. But as we it turns out the league must have been watching the same tape we were because it does not seem to be that there was Because it doesn't it doesn't feel like these trade talks like the Grizzlies were like we we have to get three second round picks, not two second round picks in this deal. They were basically like if you look at it in these terms, as long as we don't have to take anything bad back, we'll do the deal. I think the Grizzlies if you operate under the the assumption obviously the Grizzlies aren't moving Josh Aaron or Des. Duh. Mm-hmm. And it also seems like they've decided they want to see how it works with Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Maybe more on that this summer. Mm-hmm. But when you consider, okay, those guys are staying, I think they started to move the guys that were the most likely to move. Mm-hmm. So if you start with Steven Adams, he would be the easiest to move because even though with the injury, there's still value. You know he can play. Like, mm-hmm. And if you look at what the Rockets wanted him, they wanted him for a backup big. Like They don't need him to be their starting big, but they're backup big. So he's the first to move. Okay, that makes sense. Then, if you think about it, okay, Xavier Tillman is not going to have a big return, but you can see where a team like Boston, who wants some front court depth. All right, there's a guy out there with playoff experience. His offense hasn't been that great, but we don't need him for offense. His defense has been pretty good. And really all we're trying to do, we're trying to add some front court depth with a guy that we know is not going to cause any problems. Okay, Tillman moves next. Well, then you get to that collection of wings, and it seems to me the one that the one that I thought would probably be the easiest to move is the one that you end up moving from in Roddy, because Roddy's the one that like it is. I was I was mentioning this on the uh, on the show that I did for uh, Mark King and Daniel Green. It is kind of unfair to Roddy that Roddy does get lumped into the Laravia Zaire draft pick conversation because while I don't think Roddy's been awesome, he's clearly been better than they've been. But it's yes. almost like he gets lumped into that into that because he's part of that draft class. Mm-hmm. Like he has that Well, he hasn't been good. He hasn't either. been good. He just but, hasn't he's been less bad than correct, some of the others. But he has at times been useful. Yeah. He it's it's an interesting dynamic because I think you're right. It speaks volumes. The fact what's clear to me is they were willing to trade a bunch of guys. Yes. And it's just so happened these are the three they could trip they yes. could they could pull off a deal again without taking something they yes. something yeah. bad back. Let, let me be clear. It seemed obvious that the Grizzlies were saying we are open for business as long as you're not ma- sticking us with something. Yeah. Whether it be a bad contract, you want us to attach a pick, we're open for business, but it was very clear to me the Grizzlies were not going to take on a bad asset or yeah. give up like a big Yes. And so that speaks volumes to the guys who didn't get traded, because that means around the league they're viewed as bad assets. Yes. Like Zaire, Laravia, and Conchar. And let's be real, they're not breaking news. Most of the people who've watched this team, as you put it, most of the year, yeah. could, kind of surmised that these guys are going to be hard to get rid of. Yeah. And this trade deadline confirmed these guys are mm-hmm. these guys are hard to get rid of. Um and we're gonna you're gonna it, for Zaire and Laravia, maybe you can attach them to a deal this offseason in some form or fashion. With to go along with that first round pick and something, you know, like who knows? 
Same with Yuta, honestly, if he exercises his player option. Um, it also, I think, the Roddy part is interesting because I think to really judge, like the Tillman one is a little different because he was a true expiring deal. Yeah. And if you weren't planning on re-signing him, um, then you needed to make a trade. But I think it kind of still applies to him in this sense of, Maybe you know. Maybe you should you should have tried. You thought about re-signing him after this year. And again, this is the caveat comes with this to really judge what they did at the deadline. I actually kind of want to see what Tillman and what Roddy do with Boston and Phoenix over the next few months. Like, is Tillman just going to Boston as a true emergency plan and like rarely plays, or are we going to be watching playoff games this spring? where Xavier Tillman is filling the role of Grant Williams somewhat effectively for the Boston Celtics. I I don't know the answer to that. My gut tells me it's I'd lean more towards he's probably not going to be a big factor for the Celtics. Yeah, he's like his, more a break class, you know. His offense dropped off a cliff this year. And if you think yeah. about how like how Boston used Grant Williams in like the most effective, it was like when he could shoot threes well, and whatnot. What they're going to use Tillman for is like honestly like if they get in a series with the Bucks throw him on Giannis for a few minutes yeah, some, to give people a breather. Front court depth. Yeah. Um, but if he's effective, you're going to go, well, you know, we are a playoff team next year. Like, just as Boston needs that this year, we might need that. You know, like, I'm just saying, to make a sh- – like, to really judge the trade, if you if that's what we want to do here, if, you, if you're one of those people who's, like, l- not looking at this as just they were trying to get off salary, but, like, looking at this from a – you know, will they regret, you know, will this trade work out in the end? Like, that's part of the same with Roddy and Phoenix. Like, if we're to talk about... See, Roddy, I think, is a different case. I actually think... I, I'm fine, if, with, if we're I'm fine watch- with both of these because, number one, I think there's a big financial crunch. I agree. And so, re-signing Tillman was probably not realistic. And then secondly, with Roddy, if, let's say Roddy goes there and he's more effective with Phoenix than he was here mm-hmm. because his role is going to be different. Okay, it's only a regret if Vince Williams ends up like essentially yeah. to me like you're moving Vince Williams, you're moving Roddy out, Vince Williams up, and Gigi Jackson up. Yes, right. No, I, 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 I don't think they are bad deals, but I think if you're one who wants to judge it, you got to wait to see if Roddy, like if Roddy goes to Phoenix and does nothing, well then yeah, I was like good in terms, like not good. It was ultimately still bad that you traded some stuff to go get him in the first round to begin with. Um, but I do think there is potential there for him in the sense that here in Memphis, part of the reason they essentially gave up on him now so quickly is like they brought him into that role of that wing. That person needs to be able to hit shots. Yes. And David Roddy could not consistently hit shots. He became a borderline first round pick. And let's be clear, they reached for him even in the moment they reached for him. But he was like a borderline first round pick in that draft because he shot 40% from three as a senior at Colorado State. After years of not shooting. Like, he and, had an outlier year. And he he's, has not shot the ball effectively here. I don't know if they need him to shoot the ball that well in Phoenix. Phoenix is a place where you have Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker. Like, they might just need him to be scrappy and, like, you know, physical. And, like, that seems like a role that maybe he, you know, if you're asking him to do that for 10, 12 minutes a game, like, I could see him being effective at that. And then, like, are we watching the playoffs this year and David Roddy is playing a, like, semi-decent role for the Phoenix Suns? Uh, that's the part I want to see play out still. Yeah, I guess, but, like, I don't know. okay, like, like, let's take the Phoenix Suns example. 
campaign had a nice playoff run with the Suns. Was that two years ago now? Mm-hmm. Three almost, right? It was the year they went to the finals. Campaign struggling to find a job. Like, he got yeah. moved today because, yep. like, like you know what I mean? No, I agree. I think it only becomes an issue if— I'm, I'm okay with the moves, personally. I'm, I'm just trying to give yeah. you kind of the other's perspective say, here. I understand this. But the devil's, are, the devil's advocate argument is if you're just grading these trades based on what did you send out, what did you get, mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be a lot of computers that say the Grizzlies won yeah. this trade. But you also have to look at what was the motivation— First off, the Grizzlies are in a position, if we can see it, the rest of the league can see it. Mm-hmm. They've got a roster crunch, particularly on the wing. They've got a bunch of wings that they don't need and everyone else doesn't need. You have no leverage in these situations. Well, so you're never going to, quote-unquote, win that trade. It seemed very clear to me the Grizzlies' primary objective was we've got to cut down this roster crunch and we're not going to take back anything bad in return. Mm-hmm. And here we are. That's what all of these deals more or less look like. To me, I just I don't see any way like Roddy at this point, if he was going to be effective in the role, like at some point we would yep. have seen it. Like we've had some moments like the Roddy game last year. What was that? Was that was that a Warriors game? What was the Roddy game where his mom was in attendance that was kind of a fun story? I don't know if it was the there was a game there last was, year. And, he, and his mom's in attendance, it was great. He had a big night, but like Two weeks before that, remember, like, he was out of the rotation. Remember when Brandon Clark, remember when they had to do the team? He's been in and out remember, this year. But, like, remember when the team was having to carry him off the floor? David Roddy was one of the guys, like, because he was at the end of the bench not playing. And so, to me, where I think the actual, like, if you want to get mad at these deals, I have at it. I think right now what we're seeing is the big mistake from the offseason was, was exercising these player options on all of these rookies. And... This would be my argument. I understand the counter would be, the argument against it would be, when you've got this much money tied up into Dez, Jaron, and Ja, you've got to take a risk and hope that this pans out. I would argue we saw all of these. These guys And when you say all these guys, you mean like you would have actually... Zaire, Roddy, and Laravia. So you would have still exercised it on Santi because they did that also exercise. I'm fine with it on Santi because he's in like a different, he kind of has a different role. Yeah. But we had seen enough to go, these aren't... Well, I, one, I don't think you could... You can make the argument, LaRavia hardly played last year. So, like, if you're in the front office, you're going, this guy hardly played last year. But I I still think, ultimately, if you're shopping him now, you're probably right that you didn't... Ultimately, all you... you what you were risking is them being restricted free agents after this to me, season. To me, the reward did not outweigh the risk. Because the biggest problem that I see is the Grizzlies the Grizzlies have cut down the roster a little bit, but Mark, they still have very big questions coming up this summer and not very clear answers. Well the, the to your point of like exercising the exercising the options, basically what you're talking about is Zaire's getting six point one million next year. Laravia's getting three point three five million next year. And um, so we're at nine million. And um, who else are we talking so about? So Santi here? was included in that, but then the con- the Conchar the- contract is also a part of this. And then Conchar is getting six point one million next year. Correct. So, but that's not an option. That wasn't an option. That was a unnecessary extension, right? Unlikely. So everything now points to the summer where 
You, have, you at least could have, if you don't exercise the the options, one, you probably don't even have to trade. You, you you probably still trade Roddy maybe in this situation, but you don't you don't feel as desperate to trade these guys because Zaire and and right, Laravia would have just been off the books right, after this walk. year, and you're say you got another nine million to use on your starting center potentially. Right, because now we're getting to the summer where you have this issue. What is your front court going to be? Is it are we is now are we getting to the point where Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr., like, that is becoming the option, and then you're throwing in using the lottery pick on a big, and those like those are your three main front court guys. Are we now saying the cleanest answer to free up money to go sign someone or to whatnot is the cleanest answer is you just don't exercise the team option on Luke Kennard, and that opens up $14 million. So now we're at that. Or you include you can also I my the other question I have is can you include I you can probably maybe include Luke Kennard in a deal this offseason. You can exercise the team option and then trade him. Correct. And then I guess as or, part of the deal to go get the center. Right. But then you 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 come to this decision, which is as currently constructed, you have one shooter that is a known in Des. The second shooter that has been consistently a great shooter has been Luke Kennard. Are you really willing to give that up? I just don't know if I, my question is given the cap situation, $14 million for a shooter is a lot. It feels is like it given but, the cap situation. I, I'd, I'd rather have a, I'd rather have a better starting center than Luke Kennard. And that's going to be the, so that's to me like, that's where all of this is headed. These are Probably, the unless you can get a bargain at center, whether that's via your draft pick or you know, you make some sort of savvy signing. This all, you know, if you, the right role player, if Brandon Clark is close to the player he was pre-injury, the right role player can fit the bill in that role. But that's it. That is a big if of if Brandon Clark is the same, you know similar type of player. As long as you have someone who is a reasonable option, if you need to go big, so to speak. Yep. I think that's enough if you want to keep Kennard. Like, this is the scenario where you keep Kennard and you, you go, you know, essentially go cheap on the center. Like, I think there might be options out there for $5 million that might be okay. I don't know, though. I don't know. You know, I'm not, I, I don't, I haven't I'm not a perused cap- through this well, I'm completely. Also, I'm not a cap CBA expert. They're going to have some exceptions to use. But the problem is that all, like, it adds up to the apron level. Yeah, but then I also think, I think there's going to be, you know, we've seen every year, and this year's a little different because there's no, the, the past few years it seems like we've gotten, even the, last year was a bunch of big splashes, but generally there's like one big trade at the deadline. And this year, as you pointed out, it was probably the biggest trades happened like two months ago or whatever Toronto when Toronto selling, yeah. got rid of Siakam. Um, and... This year we haven't had that, but generally speaking, like the when you need a move like this, the move the Grizzlies are trying to make, the off season's the better time to do it, anyways. Yeah, because the there's more options. I agree with you. The problem though is the guys that they need to move, I don't think are any more likely to be moved in the off season. No, but no, I agree. No, the the thing they're going to have to use and dangle is the first round pick, and so that's why you wait till the off season because. 
Yes, it's more than likely going to be six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range. But there is the chance it could be, you know, uh, a big, a higher pick. To Mark's point, uh, I was on Tankathon this morning, and shout out to me, I got us the number two pick. That probably doesn't get us Sarge, but you're still going to probably have the option to take the best big. I mean, look, the reality is when we look at, like, what they need to do to get this thing back on track, today was kind of like, even though it seems like it was hard to get rid of these deals and it probably was harder than they would have liked, you know, they probably would have rather have gotten rid of, you know, Jake LaRavia and Zaire than Tillman and, uh, and, uh, I, I can buy Roddy. I still think it was very obvious that Tillman's just the expiring contract yes. situation. Yeah. Um, but this was still the easy part of this whole process. The hard part is going to be identifying and then getting whoever you think is the Steven Adams replacement. And then two, it's going to be, you know, ultimately navigating not just the next two years, but moving forward as a team that's paying a boatload of money to three players. Like yes. that is the hard part just in general of the future for this team is that they are going to have three guys on $200 million plus contracts in two years. Right now it's two guys. I, I looked it up. It's 70% of the cap. Yeah. It, I mean, the cap will go up, you know, and your hope is honestly, they get like this lucrative TV deal in the next couple years. And the cap goes way up, way up. Like it did back, you know, the when last Mike time Conley, they got it. the Mike Conley deal. Yes. Um, and even after that, it was the well, the, the, Conley the Durant was the first year, one. and then the yeah. Durant when Durant went to Golden State, that really only happened because remember the cap jumped up because of the TV deal. And Steph was on a bad deal because he never had the yes. ankles. Yes, he was like Steph, on a, a, it was like the last he was like year a of his four bad year forty four million dollars. And as, and as deal, long yeah. as they were willing to pay a yeah. bunch of luxury tax, right. they could do it because of that. Yeah, but but that's also another key point, like. The the Warriors were willing to pay the tax because of how much money they could make. And they've been willing to pay the tax because as soon as they've gone to the Chase Center, they are making so much money on seat licensing that they don't really care. Mm-hmm. The problem is we got the ESPN story last year about, you know, would Robert Para be willing to pay the tax? Because you also have to remember this about the, the tax. When you go into the tax... You also don't get the the same amount of money back as a non-taxpayer from the rest of the league. The revenue sharing. Are we certain? My sense is both from Zach Kleiman's public comments and their actions that they are not willing to do what the Warriors did. There are very few well, teams I, that I are think, willing to do I what the Warriors honestly, did. I think, honestly, the Warriors could do that. And now that there's, these new rules are in place, no one will probably do that right, as because long now as there's these actual, new rules are in place. Yes, because you, it, it penalizes But I've always roster. gotten the sense... That if it strategically made sense, if they, like if it's the difference between like getting the guy who they think at center is going to make them like a true contender next year or not, they'd be willing to do it, like go into that first apron. But they're not just going to do it to do it, you know. Like right. The problem though that I'm seeing is, and they wouldn't do a it, lot of these. They wouldn't want to be set in the tax long term. You know, if it's like a okay, we have to go into the tax next year. But, like, there's an avenue very clearly that we can get out of it, you know, a year from now. Like, that's how I sort of think of them, of, of their thinking in terms of the luxury tax. The like, other, it's, it's strategic, the but other they're not is, against it. The other issue that today kind of presented is a lot of those names out there that you thought would perhaps be options, like, those names kind of got moved today. But, like I said, the 
the point is, is that there will be more op- like like the name that kept being brought up is like, man, this would be perfect. Is Wendell Carter right? Yeah. Like that was like the name. And I'm not saying I don't know how realistic this, but doesn't it strike you if you're Orla- the Orlando Magic, like you're less inclined to agree to like a deal right now because like you are trying to make the playoffs for the first time in forever, and like yeah, long term Wendell Carter doesn't fit into your plans, but he does give you a better shot at being a playoff team this season than a first round pick yeah. that you can still get in the off season. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I, like. So maybe someone like that is more available in the offseason when Orlando's done with this playoff push and they go, they they really go, we really do have one too many bigs here. We're like with Paolo and and Franz Wagner and sure. um, you know, Jonathan Isaac, all these other guys, like we really need to get rid of one of our bigs. And like I just think there's gonna be more options available to to them in the offseason. And what they've done is they've set the stage for an offseason where there feels like there are two critical decision points. It's the Luke Kennard team option, and it's the starting center. Yeah. Probably starting center first, but I think it's ultimately, to your point, I think they're very intertwined, those two decision points. Like, what you decide on one is going to dictate the other. Yeah, and, and I mean, vice versa. It, I, I don't know exactly how the decision tree will work. Like, you decide on getting, like, a better center, and so you just decline the team option, or you use the team option as part of the trade to go get the center. You know, like you exercise the team option and use Canard as a trade piece. You know, I I don't know exactly how that'll work, but it feels like those two decisions are intertwined and that will be the crux of their offseason. And they've set the stage for that with this. And, hey, you know, if you can attach, you know, a little Zaire to the end of that, you know, a little... A little Laravia to I the got, end of that I got deal. A twofer for you. Yeah, what's that? I got a Laravia and a Lorati. Yeah, maybe. Or, you want some you, Lazier? You want some Yuda on the yeah. side? We'll yeah. give you some Yuda on the side. He'll, he'll exercise that player option. <laughs> but uh, interesting uh, trade deadline. Not not he, not star grabbing or headline grabbing, but um, the Grizzlies. A lot of cleaning out of the fridge. Do make a move, and uh, we just we have some breaking news yeah. here. Victor Oladipo has officially been released. Yes. He's so his time as a Grizzly was what a week. Uh, it was longer than Patrick Beverly's. Okay. So uh, he 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 was here. He don't know if he ever came. I don't think I don't, he ever came to Memphis. Um, but yes, is the he Vic- even going to play this year? No, I don't think so. I think him yeah. and him and Adams. But we will. You know what? You know what? We lose someone from the injury report. Moving that's true. Forward. That's that's one so one fewer let, name. One, one fewer name on the injury report moving forward for the Grizzlies. Who, by the way, play a game tonight at FedEx Forum. Surprise. Nightshine FM ESPN has teamed up with Robert Irwin Jewelers to take this Valentine's Day to a new level. Send a love letter to your favorite person and you could win a $5,000 gift certificate to use at Robert Irwin Jewelers. Who do you want to celebrate this Valentine's Day and why? Does your wife cheer on the Grizzlies with you every game? Does your husband include you when making his picks each week? Is it time to put a ring on the finger of your favorite cheerleader? Is it about time your husband gets an updated wedding band? Let 92.9 FM, ESPN, and Robert Irwin Jewelers help you say Happy Valentine's Day and put a little sparkle on your significant other. Submit your love letter now through February 11th at 92.9 FM, ESPN.com. Also, now, uh, over at Robert Irwin Jewelers, while supplies last, you can take advantage of a fresh a dozen red roses, as well as a box of free chocolates with every purchase of $99 or more. It is while supplies last, so head on over to Robert Irwin Jewelers and check out their outstanding collections like the Diamond Essentials. They also have engagement rings going on right now. As always, the Love Bright Diamond Collection, stackable dime 
diamond and gemstone bracelets, as well as diamond heart necklaces starting at only $89. Bigger, brighter diamonds, better prices. You can take up to 60 months to pay or get 12 months deferred interest with approved credit. They have great gift ideas for any budget at Robert Irwin Jewelers. Go check out their five locations, or you can shop online at rijewelers.com. When we come back, Eric Hastein joins the program. We'll get his thoughts on the moves that have been made today. We'll discuss that next, right here on 99. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. FM ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. The Memphis Grizzlies return home tonight to take on the Chicago Bulls. Pre-game will start right here on 92.9 FM ESPN at 6.30. Tip-off with Eric Hasseltine at 7 p.m. He joins us each and every Thursday. Eric, we had trade deadline day, so these are reported deals for the most part. What struck you the most today? Uh, I think the Knicks. Yeah. Um, Certainly the Suns were very active. But the Knicks going and getting Bogdanovich and not having to give up a first-round pick if that deal goes through and getting Alec Burks for basically um, a guy who had fallen into the doghouse with Tom Thibodeau and Quentin Grimes and was out of the mix uh, because Miles McBride was playing better. Evan Fournier hadn't seen the court, I, I think, since you know the early part of the season. Malachi Flynn I like, but Ryan Archie Diacono and two second-round picks to, to Detroit. That's, that's a haul for the Knicks, in my opinion. Um, you know, look, you, you, you had a couple big moves. I think the Thunder getting Gordon Hayward, if that goes through, is, is really good because, again, the guys they gave up really weren't part of their rotation. Hayward's got veteran experience. If he's healthy, he helps Oklahoma City. Um, the Jazz were surprisingly active, despite the fact they're right there and didn't get, in my opinion, a lot in return for some of the things they did. Um, but maybe that's just them doubling down on the guys they have. So, uh, you know, there were minor deals here or there, but overall um, that one, you know, and who knows if there was things still in the pipeline that they're going to announce later. The Pacers getting rid of Buddy Heald signifies to me that they want to get um, Aaron Neesmith and Benedict Matherin more involved in what they're doing, that Heald's 
you know, ability to shoot the three is not as valuable as the athleticism the other two guys possess. Um, you know, there's go down the list. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie to Toronto, I think, is a great move for the Raptors. He's a terrific player. He can really help that group. Uh, but I think, you know, the one that, that got me was the deal that didn't happen. Um, and Jante Murray? You, no, no. It's, it's, although that was surprising a little bit, but the Warriors, if the, if the Warriors were going to make a move for DeJounte Murray, they were going to have to give something up. Yeah. Whether that was sending Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes or these guys that aren't, you know, Davion Mitchell, I didn't think would, would get that deal done. It, it and it does it makes sense when you break it down, but on the surface you go, why is Miles Bridges staying in Charlotte? Why is after the games he's put up, the way he's played, why is he staying? Because they have his bird rights, and so he can make more money there, and then possibly get a trade out at a later date where he makes the money on the front end. Which, in re, in retrospect of him saying that, was smart. One, he endears himself to the Charlotte fans. Two. He puts up gaudy numbers for the rest of the way, it looks like, because he's been doing it. And three, if it's not working out and they want to move off the deal and they want to move off the contract, you know, everybody has to spend a certain amount of money. So, you know, he's in that category of, okay, I can be the best player on a bad team and, you know, get paid and then go to a good team for a stretch run. Something along those lines. But that was a little surprising. Um, You know, we talk about... I can't really talk about the, the Grizzlies deals, but the proposed deal yeah. you know, answers a lot of people's questions of what are you going to do for a big. And I, honestly, I, I, I believe you know if, if it goes through and if these are the proposed deals and they turn out to be what everything is, you get a guy back that the fans loved, that loved being here and has length and, and can shoot, and you know he's replacing – Guys that, you know, I, I, you're, you're taking, you know, one big who's a little bit bigger and better, you know, better on the perimeter and has played well, I thought, and um, earned some time for another who's going to be a free agent. And then you get a, a wing that is a better, more consistent shooter, longer and a little bit bigger than the wing that you proposedly gave up. So, um, you know, it's, it's never easy to go through these days because uh, everybody's – someone's going to be upset. Someone's going to not like the move. There's no way you're going to please 100% of the people. Even if the deal seems like a slam dunk to most, there's going to be naysayers out there. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Look, this is all part of a process. And so um, I think there were probably other things discussed. Um, I wasn't privy to those things, but I think there, there were probably other things discussed that didn't happen. And they've got some decisions to make this offseason up there. And we talked about last year being the first time that this group for Zach Kleiman really had – um, you know, really had some adversity, and how would they come out of it? Well, now they've had real adversity. I mean, because this is just something nobody could have foreseen coming. Everybody around the league gets it. Everybody's talked about what the Grizzlies have done and how they've had to do it and how brutal it is. And you just, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. But if hopefully you make a couple moves and you find guys that can stick, and you know, other, you know, I, I know some fans like, oh, they're just letting this and that go. I know what you were talking about with Mark yesterday, um, you know, about kind of is, does this signify that the that the just I, I wouldn't call it tanking because I hate that word, but that you're 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 basically resolving yourself, knowing your fate. I, I, the, the competitive the competitive enterprise. They're might throttling be done. down. Yeah. They're throttling down a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, you're throttling back. But here's the problem with that. 
These guys, this is these guys' livelihoods. Yeah. None of these guys want to go out and look bad. You know, that's when I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, they're like, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. I'm like, do you think that an NBA player literally gets in the locker room and goes, hey, let's go give it a 50% effort? No, because it's their brand. That's, that's how they make their money. That's how they make their next, you know, check that all of us would dream to have one day because they're large. They're big checks, and those big checks mm-hmm. um, are fun to get uh, every two uh, every two pay periods or every two paydays a month. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. But you do have to figure out where who's going to stick, who's not, why certain guys are performing, why certain guys aren't. And then you have to make some difficult decisions. And as I always tell people, and I don't mean it jokingly, it ain't show friends. It's show business. Mm-hmm. It's a business. And it is a, is a brutal, ugly business at times when feelings get involved and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's not for the faint of heart to have to look a guy in the eye and go, hey, you're done. And, you know, you go back to the movie Moneyball where, you know, Billy Bean's telling his assistant, um, hey, you got to go you got to go trade this guy. And it, it was Carlos. I remember when that happened, that trade happened. And everybody in the, as an ace, they were going like, what are you doing? Like this guy, this guy's like your rookie stud first baseman. And they moved him and they moved him mid year. Cause it wasn't working the way they wanted it to. And he handled it like, okay, cool. Thanks. I appreciate it. And here we go. And some players will handle it that way. Other players will start breaking things and throwing things. And there's, there's a middle ground there too. So, um, never a fun day. It's always tough. It, it's fun listening to, you know, the pundits around the world to describe what they think is a great move and what's not. And everybody's opinion is what it is. And, you know, only time will tell if these moves happen. Cause we've seen some supposedly phenomenal trade deadline moves that have just gone remarkably bad. And whether it was chemistry, the one that kind of really did shock me because there was a report and Antonio Daniels was talking about this on NBA radio today that there was a report out of Philly that they had told Patrick Beverly, hey, you're not going anywhere. And then they just up and move him. The, the minute Kyle Lowry went to Charlotte for Terry Rozier, I said, well, they'll buy him out and he'll try to sign with Philly. That's where he's from. That's where he's always wanted to finish his career potentially. And I can't blame him for that. That's great. You want to finish at home? Finish at home. You want to ride out what has been a remarkable NBA career in your backyard where you played college basketball and they still love you Hey, dearly, you could, buddy, knock yourself out. Go for it. <laughs> no one can blame you for that. Um, and so I, the fact that somebody leaked out that they told Patrick Beverly a week ago that they weren't going to move him, knowing that Kyle Lowry is out there, is, is shocking to me. That, A, you would tell it to anybody. B, let alone tell it to somebody at a position where almost anybody who really broke it down and thought about it said the same thing. Oh, they'll go after Kyle Lowry once he gets bought out, for sure. I no, mean, I, no question. I, I think... I think Pat Beverly found out today when he was taping his podcast. Well, you know, <laughs> he does do a lot of podcasts, though. So that was you know, there, yeah. This, there is some does, this is the one he does on 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 for Barstool, and I th- I think he used the words uh, Daryl Moore is a liar. Yeah, well, that's been said before. Yes, <laughs> so it's it's not. And here's the thing: is he? If he did tell him that, you can say that. But is he also a businessman that? When things present themselves, maybe Daryl Morey didn't think that they could go get Kyle Lowry. Yeah, a week. Ago, yeah, think- oh, oh, things do change in a week. They, they honestly do. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, I mean, yeah, players I'm, that I'm weren't available were, and yeah, I mean, things change. Yeah, and so, and, and that's why, in my opinion, you never, you never tell a guy that. 
because we've seen we've seen remarkable players traded, you know, Hall of Fame players traded on a regular basis. Go down the list. Some of the all that, you know, very few guys go one team their whole life. And I don't count Michael going to Washington as, as being traded. And Kobe never got traded. Shaq, traded. Carl Malone, traded. These are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, traded. Will Chamberlain, traded. Go down that list. Dirk Nowitzki's a rarity. You look at the top ten scorers in the NBA, there's a lot of trades in there. A lot more trades than people think. You know, Carmelo Anthony, traded. These guys have all been dealt, and, and they're all guys that are cornerstone franchise pieces, Hall of Famers. So to look at a guy like Patrick Beverly and go, yeah, man, you ain't going anywhere, that seems, one, a little irresponsible because, again, you don't know what's going to happen, and two, like, come on, dude, seriously? If you're Patrick Beverly, I'd be like, hey, thanks for the vote of confidence, but I'm Patrick Beverly. I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm expendable to everybody. And I know I have a value, but I know that th- th- you're not building a franchise around me unless you're just that misguided with your, you know, overflated self, self, you know, valuation, but whatever. So, but it did surprise me that that came out and, and somebody put that out there and, and maybe it was one of past people. I don't know, but either way, um, it's interesting because Philly without Embiid, let's be honest that, that they're not, they're not a factor. They're, they're just not. Milwaukee going to get Patrick Beverly signifies that Doc Rivers wanted a little more defensive help because when they got Damian Lillard, that that gave up their wing defender. Drew Holiday is a phenomenal defensive player. Five times All NBA defense, three times on the first team, two teams on the two times on the second. You sacrifice that for a superstar name and elite level scorer, but you have that already. You had a perimeter scorer. You had um, you had a, a, a an elite scorer in Giannis, and I thought Drew Holiday was a much better fit there than Damian Lillard. But you get a chance to get Damian Lillard, you make that move. Do they always work? No. And so I think Milwaukee saw the writing on the wall. I, you know, look, here's to be honest with you, putting it from a, a Grizzlies perspective, mm-hmm. I would love to see. I don't know what his contract situation is. I would really have to look a little harder, but – if campaign's not part of the future in Philly and they want they want to make a buyout or do whatever, if I'm the Grizzlies, he'd look real good in the Grizzly uniform starting the rest of the season if that's what you so you know, desire. Pull the, and, pull the Toronto. Yeah, Toronto's yeah, doing yeah. bringing in the Canadian yeah, yeah. players. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Canada City. But, I mean, it's, yeah, and I know bringing Kelly Olenek and bringing in Canadian players, yeah, but you don't have a real starting point guard right now. And Cameron Payne has played in some mm-hmm. elite-level games and played really well at that position. So, yeah. um, it is It is going to be interesting over these next uh, next couple weeks, uh, the team they're going to field, uh, especially now that they've made these trades. I'm curious, though, obviously this season has kind of become, you know, it's going to become an afterthought because obviously everyone is looking ahead to next year now at this point. Right. Um, right. And they've made clear with the Adams trade that they there is a hole now in the front court that they you know they could have filled it at the trade deadline they didn't have to and they appear to have not done so unless there's some trade that we haven't heard about yet but I would expect we well, would at this point. And um, I'm reading this wrong. Did, are they not? Is the report not that Shemezi Maytu is coming? Oh, is that true? Is there? They, I thought. I, yeah, I, I I saw there were there were so many things flying around at the same time. It was it was very difficult so, to keep track. It looks like that when, you are correct. It looks like there are reports that Chemezi Metu. Um, so there-
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 